0: businesses have to learn to act differently. So they need to become more human. They need to be more personal. They need to act authentically and they need to be able to earn the trust of their customers and not just for that first sale, but looking to build that connection that sparks a real relationship over time.
1: This is Ezra Firestone from smartmarketer.com and you're listening to my friend Ash Roy on the Productive Insights Podcast.
0: Welcome to the Productive Insights Podcast, where you can learn how to systemize, automate, and scale your business via the internet. To access previous episodes and useful productivity tips, go to www.productiveinsights.com. Now, here's your host, Ash
1: Roy. Hello there. This is Ash Roy, the founder of ProductiveInsights.com with a quick message for you. If you'd like to grow your business profitably and fast, head over to GetMeToDone.com where you can learn more about the Productive Insights membership program, which is designed to help you grow your business profitably and fast. We help you get clear on your target audience and create an irresistible offer around the specific problem that you solve for your audience. Once we've established an offer that's a good fit for your audience... We then help you to scale your business using marketing automation, which means you spend less time working and more time enjoying the fruits of your labor. If you'd like to learn more, head over to GetMeToDone.com right now and take that first step towards your business success and your time freedom. I hope you enjoy this episode and get a ton of value from it. I look forward to seeing you at GetMeToDone.com. Hi, guys. Today, I'm delighted to introduce the founder of MacWeb. MacWeb helps clients improve businesses and brands through community building. They're strategic, holistic, and down-to-earth. While they take a 30,000-foot view on your business, they also ground everything in measurable results. To put it simply, they bring the right people together, both online and offline, to help you to grow your business. I'm delighted to welcome Mackenzie Fogelson, the founder of MacWeb. Welcome, Mackenzie.
0: Thank you so much, Ash, for having me.
1: It's great to have you on the show. Thank you so much for being here. So, Mackenzie, we were actually introduced by Rand Fishkin, the founder of Moz.com, and I just want to thank Rand for actually introducing us. I'd love to know a little bit more about your business and Specifically, how you use community building to grow businesses and why you think community building is so important to business success?
0: Sure. Well, community building, it's incredibly critical right now in this day and age, especially because of how our world has changed so much with social media and the internet, um, obviously Google. <laughs> and essentially we're marketing in the information era. So it's an entirely new ball game. Mm-hmm. People interact differently with businesses now and because of that and because of the interaction being Uh, very much digital, businesses have to learn to act differently. So they need to become more human. They need to be more personal. They need to act authentically and they need to be able to earn the trust of their customers. And not just for that first sale, but looking to build that connection that sparks a real relationship over time. Because those connections are the ones that become Uh, if you will, a sales force for their brand. And over time, it's something that ends up being their word of mouth, um, spreading the good word to other people, and then ultimately bringing that growth.
1: Now, that brings up an interesting challenge, actually, McKinsey, because I remember speaking to Neil Patel in the first episode of this series, and I asked him if he has difficulty separating his personal brand from his business brand at the time that was Kissmetrics. And I do remember he said it was quite difficult to separate his personal brand from his business brand. Now, I personally believe that the stronger your personal brand as a part of your business, the harder it gets to sell your business in the long term. That said, I completely agree with you building a personal brand and building that personal authenticity is absolutely critical to the know, like, and trust model that is essential to online success.
0: Yeah, it's very true. It's it's more so, and certainly these are my beliefs because I've been doing this for so long and and obviously I'm very passionate about businesses being authentic, but ultimately if you think about it, you know, people want to be connected, they want to feel like um, they have, a sense of belonging with people. They like to like the same things. Obviously, people are influenced by what their friends think and and tell them about things they're doing in their lives. So, I think it's really important that um, businesses challenge themselves to continue to be human and continue to not hide behind the fact that they're digitally present, but remember that it's really as if that one customer, that one person is standing in front of them in in the flesh at the time. Um, and essentially, if you can think about that premise uh, with all of your customers, no matter where you interact with them, then certainly that's going to make a big difference in how you treat them.
1: So gone are the days of Coca-Cola being a brand unto itself or Nike, you know, just being a brand on its own. What I'm hearing And what I'm seeing from the online trends is nowadays people don't just relate to a brand. Even if you look at Nike, they align themselves with top class athletes. Apple is very intricately linked with Steve Jobs as a personality. Another intangible benefit of having Apple products is you feel like you belong to this inner circle, like you belong within this club because of the user experience, because of the Apple stores, how they've built the entire brand and the product presence. There are some massive brands that aren't aligned with individuals, but that's probably because they were established a long time ago.
0: Sure. And many of those big brands and the big names. Um, certainly they have that going for them in in terms of their presence. They don't ultimately have to work as hard as smaller businesses do to be heard or to be seen. But ultimately, I think that's where it comes back to is that no matter the size of your business anymore, that consumers have different expectations of you. And so certainly on the outside, a, a big brand like Coke or Nike um, they could on the surface seem as though they're doing all the right things, right? And certainly they have the money to be able to throw at um, yeah. having that presence. But ultimately, um, over time, if underneath that um, shell, I guess you would say that it is overturned to be maybe a somewhat of a facade, that shell begins to crack. And in those interactions that happen offline through customer support, through um, quality control of products, through just any kind of uh, I guess engagement that anybody would have with their brand at any touch point, that begins to break that brand down. And so sure. obviously it would take a whole lot more to break a brand down like yeah. Coke or Pepsi or 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 Nike, but you know they because of the way we're acting now in the world and using digital means to connect, I think that this is the time when small businesses, smaller brands um, have every advantage to them because, They can be more authentic. They can be more craftsmanlike. They can be the ones who are being very unique and human because that's very familiar to them versus having this ginormous entity that, that they're operating under.
1: Sure. And it would be fair to say, in my view at least, that if Coke was starting today from scratch, the techniques that they use to grow their brand which at the time was throwing millions of dollars in the mass advertising, that wouldn't necessarily work today. Now they're already an established brand. But as you said, the playing field has changed and smaller brands, the nimbler brands, the personal brands are at somewhat of an advantage. And if Coke was starting today, they would have to do it differently to grow to the size they've grown. You would
0: think so. And obviously I would hope so based on um, how I would love for companies to to act very genuinely. Um, if you take a look at company a company like Nike and um, just looking at the evolution, kind of like what you're talking about with mass advertising and how that kind of um, was very much the thing to do to build your audience and how perhaps that's not as effective now, you know, you look at a, the evolution of a company like Nike Back then it was just do it, you know, the tagline and it was basically very product centric, you know, very uh, showing, communicating their product in that way. And now you've seen the evolution of them come all the way to how they're very community centric and Mm -hmm. saying, we want everybody to feel like they're an athlete, no matter what your size no matter you know what's your ability, we want to empower you to be an athlete in your own right. And so you can see that they have become very human centric, right Absolutely. They've been, as we would call it, meaning beyond money has been yes. something that has really driven um, their marketing, which is a wonderful way to be more human, to connect with people, to build community, to get that digital world on your side.
1: Absolutely, I couldn't agree more. Uh, Something somebody said to me at a conference I attended a couple of months ago was how Apple is doing it. They use the word "Apple's selling self-identification," and that really struck a chord with me because when you do buy Apple products, and I buy a lot of them, you do Mm -hmm. feel like you're part of a community, even though there doesn't seem to be an, an explicit, overt community out there. But you feel like you're part of a family. There's a certain sense of you're in a certain circle and they've done studies and they've found that people who own Apple devices fall into specific criteria. They, they earn a certain level of income and it's not by accident that this has happened. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, I, I think with a company like Apple and, and certainly any company you could say this about that is very large, that is very in the public eye all the time, that could be under large scrutiny for any number of things. Um, But a company like Apple, on the outside, it might seem like they um, prioritize profit over purpose. But in actuality, it's exactly the opposite. Um, But because Apple makes so much money, I think people think, oh, well, you know, that's all they care about. But Ultimately, what they care about is making incredible product, yes. um, and that, that innovation um, truly drives everything that they do. And so, as, as you probably know, you know, they've gone the gamut of um, being under scrutiny for pricing and um, you know, um, just having the war with the PC products, and, and ultimately, over time, they have just found their own lane. And obviously, they've been incredibly successful. Um, but yeah, I think um, definitely there has been an enormous shift from um, prioritizing profit to now shifting to prioritizing perfect purpose and meaning yeah. beyond money, like we're talking.
1: If there's one thing they really care about, I think it's customer experience. you know they really are obsessed with that but let's uh let's come back to um, the next question I wanted to ask you and that is uh, about community building, what do you believe are the elements of a good community in a business context
0: so i I might shape your question a little bit to um kind of hit the targets of. Um, what really uh, businesses need to possess to sure. um, build great communities? So mm-hmm. um, just kind of hitting on that note of the fact that communities don't really form around companies, um, they it's really that they form around people. They form around purpose. They form around a shared passion. Mm-hmm. And so ultimately, like we're talking about Apple, Nike, Coke, all these you know, big companies, great products. Um, it's easy to to think that it's formed around that company because we know them so well. Mm-hmm. But ultimately, when you're a smaller business and you're trying to build that community, you have to remember that it's not really the focus on your profit and or your product. It's more the focus around this passion and shared purpose and and what people really come to join around mm-hmm. and making that part of your business. So, um, when I think about great community building and, and the components that companies would want to have align, um, I can basically narrow it down to three really important things. Certainly, mm-hmm. there are there could be many more.
1: Sure.
0: But um, a focus on purpose, a focus on authenticity, mm-hmm. and certainly a focus on passion. So mm-hmm. um, that number one in purpose, uh, we've been talking about that a little bit in, um, so far in the discussion is that Companies must start with their higher purpose, so their meaning beyond money. And Simon Sinek always talks about how oh, yes. you would, he would say it's your why, right? Mm-hmm. So um, this is way bigger than your mission statement. This is um, really the reason that your company truly exists if profit wasn't even important, right? Mm -hmm. And so like, for example, so at Mac web, our meaning beyond money is to build better businesses. Mm -hmm. So ultimately inside of that, we want to change the way companies build their brands and we want to change the way how marketing is measured, but our passion to build better businesses, this guides the way we choose our clients, uh, the people that we work with, it guides our culture and who we hire. It guides how we market our services and our company And it it definitely guides the decisions that we're making as a business. So just looking at that purpose and your meaning beyond money, being at the very core of everything that you do and allowing that to lead and um, being that central focus of the message and the way that you're communicating with the outside world. So that's the number one component that I would say um, Mm -hmm. purpose is extremely important in community building. Um, the second um, component that I would um, definitely put a very large priority and focus on is just that component of authenticity, as we've mm-hmm. been talking yeah um, and and this is a really interesting conversation because um this is something that can be hard to define, mm-hmm. and so um the easiest way for me to describe authenticity, certainly it's being human being real, but what that means is that you're not only um, doing what you say, but you're actually believing in what you're doing and and that your authenticity and your meaning beyond money, that it's not just for show, it's not just for marketing purposes, um, that as a company, you know, you're really genuinely saying, hey, this is what we believe in, and if you believe in this too, then we'd love for you to join us and, and be part of this passion and this purpose that we have Right. versus the other way around and basically thinking, you know, how can we get a hold of all the millennials and um, market to them with this cause
1: or this right. purpose? So as Simon Sinek says in that YouTube video of his, people buy into the into your why rather than necessarily buy your products. You so do, when you're talking about authenticity then you're saying the degree to which you are aligned with your purpose and the degree to which your customers are aligned with your purpose will dictate the success that you have as opposed to you sitting you trying to segment your market and going okay I'm just going to find people between the ages of 25 and 35 that do this this and this. Okay, that's an interesting perspective.
0: Exactly. Yeah and again so it's prioritizing purpose over profit meaning beyond money so it's it's I'm not saying that it doesn't work to go find a demographic that sure. has um a lot of interest and then go for that market but ultimately the way the world has been shaping and the way consumers have been evolving the longevity of that is probably not as um most likely will not be as successful as prioritizing meaning ahead of money
1: because of the changing landscape. And I really like what you're saying, because, you know, rather than having this clinical analytical approach to segmenting your market, what I'm hearing you saying is you build a mission and you follow through on that mission and you will draw the right people toward. Am I hearing that correctly?
0: Yes. And, and uh, Max Linderman talks a lot about the difference between cause uh, marketing and purpose marketing so as you know there are many companies who do a lot of cause marketing
1: mm-hmm.
0: where uh, for example whatever profits that they have is is going towards a certain cause you know yeah saving the world feeding the world um saving the environment all those kinds of things totally valid and and great many companies who do that and even Companies like Tom's Shoes, who who now has um, opened up into doing the one-to-one in many different sectors, not just in shoes, you know, but well, I, I think they're also into I, um, healthcare and things like that now. So many companies who are doing that. I know Warby Parker does a, a give-back kind of a, a cause yeah. as well. Um, Tom's
1: Shoes is a great example, actually.
0: Yeah, and, and, and then we also have, you know, purpose-driven marketing, which is um, like I'm talking is it doesn't have to be socially or environmentally cause related. It's more so as, as you're asking, um, uh, we have something that we passionately believe in and a higher purpose. So like, for example, we believe in building, making the world different by building better businesses. And so certainly that's not ultimately, you know, feeding people or giving them shoes or, or doing any of those very um, important things. Mm -hmm. But ultimately, that's a purpose-driven cause that, um, or way of marketing that we feel is, is important. Um, so you're shaping your business uh, from the inside out. You're not only promoting your business, but you're improving it. So mm-hmm. um, bringing that back to the authenticity conversation, there was actually a, a global study done um, by Conan Wolf that talked about how 63% of consumers would actually rather buy from companies that they consider to be authentic
1: um,
0: over possible competitors who are not. So it it turns out that um, it's more important to people rather than the popularity and appeal of that brand is their willingness to be real, to be human, to openly and honestly communicate about their products and services. And that has everything to do with being willing to own up to mistakes and have problems and things that happen in the press, um, it's, it's in the way that they remedy those things at, that actually um, speaks to their integrity and their character. Okay. Um, but but ultimately, that authentic component is so important as you're building a community. And then finally, the third component that that I would like to mention is, is this is kind of a dual component is not just passion, but desire and heart. So you can kind of wrap all of those things together because, um, as you probably know, Ash in building a business, um, same thing with building a community. It's hard. and it's often a slow process. It's that it's that arduous process of doing the right things that are slowly <laughs> yes. going to turn that <laughs> flywheel, right? Yep. And so um, you ultimately have to have so much dedication, so much desire and and being willing to do the hard work because, it's it's a long road to build a business it's a long road to uh, build a community about something that you're very passionate about so you just have to be willing to not just do it the fast way but do it the right way you know you've got to be real and human you've got to you know just have that mindset that you're working to make lives better whether that's cause or purpose And that goes for as much of um, your employees as it does for your customers. Okay. So
1: So let's translate this into an action. We'll do a proper action section later, but I just always like to think about how a listener can implement this in their business. So if I was listening to what you just said, the first thing I would do is go away, create a clear mission statement for my business, and then try and see how I can align my activities and my goals and my, my execution around that mission statement. So it's very much purpose-driven and profit second. First purpose, then profit.
0: That's correct. And actually, Ash, um, when you publish the podcast, I can um, give you some links to include um, and embed on the page That'd be wonderful. That would help your audience. There's a post that I just wrote recently for Moz that's all oh, cool. about aligning your company or your team around your, your marketing strategy. And in that post, it it details all of those components that are very important to make sure that they are aligned. And it includes things like your meaning beyond money, cool. the the customers you're talking to, the questions you're answering. So um, that could be a very useful tool for your audience. So we can...
1: Oh. I would love that. I'll definitely add that into the show notes. So yes, please, um, please do send that to me. Okay. So let's talk a bit about a little case study. If you could share a little story around how community building helped you take one of your clients from point A to point B and what the results were around that.
0: Yeah. Yes, of course. So um, we have a client that is in the direct selling and wine space and over the span of about two years, we've helped them experience more than 100% lead growth. Wow. Yeah, all through a community-centric approach. And and they were a very healthy and thriving business before we came to them. They were uh, finding that they were a little bit plateaued. They mm-hmm. were a more mature business, but they felt like there was something missing or something that they weren't doing. And so when we started working with them, they were very much pushing the sell versus being very meaning-centric. And so right. um, we helped them kind of shift their messaging. So for them it was rather than selling their wine, it was more so that we were helping them understand that they were actually changing the lives of of the people who were selling that wine for them. So um, mm-hmm. predominantly it's a, an audience of thousands of mostly women who sell this wine for them. And a lot of stay-at-home moms, a lot of um, empty nesters, a lot of people who want to feel satisfaction in their lives and feel like they're a contributing member um, in their household.
1: So your client had a wholesale kind of model? Were they selling it mm-hmm. through individuals? Okay, I get it now. Yep, yep.
0: Correct. Direct selling. So um, think like Zilpata, Tupperware, Mary Kay, that right, kind of right. a model, Got but it. for wine. Sure. Um, so when we made that shift for them in their messaging, so again, you know it can't just be in their messaging like it's it's deeper than just creating that mission statement like you're saying. So um, it was really first recognizing that that shift needed to be made from um, pushing so hard to sell to then being very value centric for their customers. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so, through that comes a great transformation that starts at the very core of their company. So it very much was working with their existing community and helping them understand how to not sell so hard, but to help their customers understand, like, I really love this job. I really love what I do. And the wine is just a huge perk to this. Right. Yeah. 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 So we did a lot of offline working with their um, wine guides Mm one-to-one. We uh, definitely helped them identify the right people who would get behind that passion of, you know, wanting to have a more meaningful life and, and really wanting to change their lives. And so we identified the, that audience and then we helped them figure out where they were and how to talk to them. And we, at first, we did simple things like, landing pages and um, video embeds and just basic foundational things that when let's say those stay-at-home moms came to their website that they were met with an experience that made them feel like i can trust this company these people are safe my husband would approve of me making this investment you know because there there was a lot of that struggle so just a lot of the humanizing in those elements
1: sure
0: and and so then into that next year after we We really set that foundation. It was all about then optimizing and and getting um, more awareness and and driving the benefit of this business to more and more people that aligned with this passion.
1: So did you actually work with their website as well? Did you make changes to how it looked and so on?
0: We certainly affected that. We'd write copy. We would um, suggest wireframes and UX, Um, definitely worked through all the conversion stages. So Uh, Again, uh, and I do have a case study that I can share that will help your audience understand all of the tedious things that we did to build that foundation effectively.
1: Um, I'd love to read that case study myself, actually. Yeah,
0: happy to share it. Um, You know, just going to show you that um, conversion and acquisition and, and the work to get the right customers and to build that community, it goes so much deeper than your website it has to start so much deeper at your core, at that meaning beyond money. And then certainly you have to do all the things to make sure that you're answering the right questions and listening to what they need and then actually delivering that.
1: Right. Something else that came through for me when you were talking was, you mentioned that you helped them increase leads, but what I'm hearing from what you've achieved with them is not just lead gen, but also retention. And yes, I think retention is such an overlooked thing, depending on what article you read. I remember when I studied my MBA, it was nine times as expensive to acquire a new customer as it was to retain an existing one. Mm-hmm. And so community building is so important for the retention strategy. Another thing that I heard in what you said was you work from the inside out with this company. You help them change their actual culture, yes. uh, their, the culture towards business. It was about delivering value rather than just this monetary, what I consider to be a relatively empty metric on its own. One case study that I think you'd find really interesting that I actually mentioned to one of my previous guests, Buck Rizvi, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: and that was the Sears Roebuck value chain that I remember studying this in my MBA as well. And Sears turned around their business by working with their employees making the employees a lot more satisfied and purpose-driven and happier in their day jobs. The idea being that if the employees were happier, when they inter- interacted with the customers, they would have happier customers and it worked. Certainly. Uh, so it was called the Sears Value Profit Chain or something <clears throat> like that. Uh, I'll, I'll link to that. will put that in the show notes in this episode as well.
0: Yeah, I would love to read it. I think it all comes back to the fact that, yes, businesses need to make money to operate. U- ultimately, they want to make a profit. I get that. I'm a small yeah. business myself and, and would love for that to be the case. But I think the ultimate premise is, is that if you want to build a community, if you want to have some some longevity and some durability to your business, that, yes, you have to be smart about how you're marching towards your, your business and your revenue goals, but you also cannot ignore the brand goals that you have. And so we always advocate that there's a mix of the both, that yes, you have to be smart about how you're building your business, which means you have to be improving it all of the time. Mm -hmm. And then ultimately looking at how you can improve your brand and and make that experience for your customers. The the most amazing thing that they've, they've had is, as you've said, Ash, about, you know, content, there's such a deluge of it. And it's so there's so much noise now that, you know, it has to be 10x, like Rand always talks about. And the problem is, is that, um, ultimately, there will come a time, hopefully, when most content is 10x, and then what, right? So Mm. um, to make people stand out to make your business distinct. It needs to be that you are able to authentically connect to your customers in that shared passion. Mm. And certainly your customers can be part of other businesses and part of other communities. Sure. But ultimately, you're looking to create this this bigger sense of, I guess, camaraderie and also loyalty over time.
1: For the listeners, there's another tool that I found quite useful that allows you as a business owner to not just focus on profits. It's the balanced scorecard. That's quite a useful tool to look at the business from different metrics. Okay, so that gives us a really good perspective on what community building can do to improve a business and increase retention. What are the most common challenges you've seen people face when it comes to community building and how have they overcome them?
0: yeah I, I think if I had to nail it down to one, it would be that most businesses or or many businesses, they want to focus on the numbers rather than the connection that they're making with their audience. Mm-hmm. So um, although volume is great, um, it isn't the best way to assess the success of a community. And volume doesn't always mean that you will have a successful community. So, for example, in the same client that I have been talking about, let's say they have approximately 40 or 50,000 people in their community on Facebook, but then they have a competitor who has nearly half a million in their community. Right. And so although this same client has a fraction of the audience that their competitor has, they have a much greater engagement rate. So what meaning people are, more people are talking to them, more people are sharing what they're saying with their friends, because that company has taken the time to figure out how they connect with them. So they've taken the time to listen to them. They've taken the time to identify what really matters to them. And they've they've then provided what that is. So, so for example, you know, just thinking about the characteristic of being very real and human, they talk to their audience like they're real people Mm -hmm. versus, you know, just broadcasting messages on Facebook. It's more of getting to the heart of what their community, the people in their community are really thinking and feeling. So as I was saying, many of these, the people in their community are stay at home moms. And so yes, by the end of the day, they really want a glass of wine and they're not ashamed to talk about that, right? Right, right. So they're sharing quotes and, and memes and things on Facebook that really helped their community feel like, Oh, they're hearing me. You know, like I think a couple of weeks ago, I saw a post they shared about how moms, when their kids misbehave, you know, they drink a certain amount differently, (laughs) you know? And so, and so it was, it was really funny. It helped. It it, it caused a huge amount of engagement and it started a conversation. So, you know, over time, doing those things that are very human. They may, it may not seem very businesslike, but it's, it's what helps them feel heard. What it's, what helps them feel connected. And, and that kind of thing over time, one by one is what makes such a huge difference in their business.
1: So true. Engagement is probably one of the most underrated and underutilized uh, strategies in business. I just can't, I I just find it staggering how often people are focused on volume of traffic and volume of customers. But if you're only selling one thing to one customer Mm -hmm. and not engaging with that customer and don't have an ongoing relationship where they buy more stuff from you, Mm -hmm. then you're leaving profit on the table. Even from a business sense, it doesn't Makes sense. But I'm not suggesting you do it for the business perspective. I'm just saying that it's just a bad way to do business to just try and, you know, cram more into your funnel, instead Mm -hmm. of trying to make a deeper connection with your audience.
0: Well, and, and I have read, uh, like, I think I was reading on Percolate the other day about how it's really important that you're not just focused on loyalty and um, brand advocacy that and retaining your existing audience, which obviously I very much advocate and support, but you're also focused on increasing market share because ultimately, if you're not increasing market share, you know, over time, then obviously you you may be in trouble. So. I think just like a balance between business and brand goals, it's really important that yes, like you're saying, spend the time to engage uh, the existing customers and audience that you have and figure out the ways that you can keep them and happy and also telling their friends, but ultimately also finding the right people. Not everybody is your customer, but finding more of the right people who share in that passion, share in that purpose that would be a great fit for your community and and wants to be a customer long-term.
1: Yeah, and there's two ways to grow market share. You can either grow by advertising, mass advertising, or grow from inside out through word of mouth. And if, as you say, you engage the right people, they are more likely to spread the word around your brand and you're likely to get much deeper connections with the people that you get on board.
0: Certainly. I mean, that's really how social proof works. It's like you go to a barbecue at your friend's house and they start talking about you know, a new cleaning product that they use at home or a new pair of shoes they just bought or, or something that they bought for their kids. And, and so you listen to them, oh, I have that same problem or, oh, I haven't even thought about that. And so then they go out and they buy the same product. Right. And so ultimately you're looking to, um, recreate that online. You're looking to, um, scale that through digital means, Right. And so the companies who can build communities, the companies that can do these things we're talking about, being real and authentic and and human and and doing what they say and really living from the inside out, then those companies over time are the ones that will create that word-of-mouth scenario in more places. Cool.
1: Okay, so let's move into the action section now. So some of the key actions that I think a listener can take from this podcast is you know focus on the depth of connection rather than just focusing on numbers and volume think about the purpose of your business rather than just the profit think about purpose before profit think deeply about your audience what needs they have and how you're fulfilling those needs what value you're bringing not just to them in that specific transactional context where you're dealing with them, but just how your product is impacting them in their general life, in the context of their life. So if you're selling wine to someone, it's not just about how good quality the wine is, but how does that wine make them feel and how does that glass of wine impact their day? Uh, Are there any other actions that you think our listeners can take uh, to build stronger communities and take their business to the next level as a result?
0: Well, certainly. And Um, You know, sometimes uh, people ask about how can they get the quickest wins with community, which can certainly be difficult because as your audience has probably gathered by now, the community building is the long game. Um, And so I think the quickest thing that they can do is really evaluate whether they're putting themselves first or uh, whether they're putting their customer first. And taking a a really hard look at whether they're authentically building their business around that meaning beyond money, or if they're solely focused on profit. So again, wanting it to be a a mix between working towards brand goals for your business and also working towards those, um, revenue goals. Um, the other things I would highly recommend is is that, um, there are so many people that uh, are much smarter than me and have been, doing a lot of the community building stuff for, for a long time, um, following people and companies like Rich Millington um, from Feverbee, the Brains on Fire crew, um, just reading their stuff, emulating what they're saying and, um, mm-hmm. you know, really putting their insight into practice. Um, mm-hmm. Certainly you can do the same with companies who have already built really great communities, both on and offline. So Some of those organizations uh, are people like Think Geek, Um, Humans of New York is a pretty really cool uh, concept and community that has authentically and organically grown out of um, his desire to kind of show um, what's going on there, Um, Mm -hmm. Innocent Drinks, BuzzFeed, um REI, next door, Goodreads, uh, there are probably a zillion more that I could mention, but um just l- emulating what these communities are doing or you know trying to um see if you can take some of that insight and apply it to um your community building efforts. Uh-huh. Um macweb also we published a a free 147 page online community building guide wow and basically that's provides a roadmap. so um i can give you that link ash to provide yep. for your audience that'll um, be in the
1: show notes yep. yeah
0: but that that guide was published in 2013 and and it has nearly 10,000 downloads. Wow. So um, we don't ask for an email address. We're just giving it away. And okay. uh, we've had so much great feedback about how it provides some of this very um, basic insight to what are the the tips and tricks that you have for getting this going and structuring a community building routine.
1: Mm-hmm. Um,
0: so that's really great. But um, ultimately, I think um, the last insight is, is just basically remembering that um community building is just part of a bigger picture of, of what you're trying to accomplish for your company. you know um, you're you're looking to build a successful business and and through that you have lots of goals to accomplish. And you, it may be that for your business that um, content marketing is the best or um, you know social media marketing is the best, but typically what we found is that it's an integration across channels that, you're using content, SEO, um, social, community, um, email, paid, you know, you're using many tools and channels to build your business. Mm-hmm. And certainly, um, we ultimately believe that um, being a real company and being very authentic and human is and having meaning at your core is, is the, the greatest part.
1: Cool. Okay, and something else I thought I'd mention as well is a related but useful podcast is the one I did with Robbie Baxter, which uh, we talked about retention models and recurring memberships. Robbie Baxter is the author of The Membership Economy, and she talked a lot about community building as well. Mm. So if if you as a listener would like to get some perspective around how community building feeds into an ongoing membership model business, you'd find that podcast useful. Could you talk about some books that have had the biggest impact on you, McKinsey, and how How can listeners find out more about you if they want to get in touch with you?
0: Of course. Well, I've mentioned Brains on Fire before in this conversation. Mm -hmm. Um, They are an incredible company and um, they do amazing things. They've they've helped build many communities for many brands and really they focus on a tremendous amount of insight on not only building communities but fueling movements that, that companies really want to ignite. So their book is called Brains on Fire. And it's by the Brains on Fire team, so mm-hmm. um, you can obviously Google that and and get a get your hands on that. Yep. Of late, the book that I am most inspired by that I cannot recommend more is. Creativity Inc. by Ed Catmull. He was obviously a founder of Pixar, and I'm sure this is a very popular book and that many of your readers have actually read it. I can't even tell you how much insight that as we've been growing our company, you know, in a very collaborative culture and and very creative team that looking not to get too stuck in structure and process and getting being okay with being uncomfortable and providing honest feedback to each other and being okay with limits and constraints, you know, using that as really a springboard for ingenuity. All of these things are really big themes in the book, and they've actually been incredible exercises for us to try it as a team. So hopefully your audience and listeners will be inspired by that. But if they want to find more about us or, um, you know, talk to us, ask us questions, uh, we would love that. Um, On Twitter, you can follow us at MacWebTeam, M A C K. Mm -hmm web team. Mm-hmm. And um, certainly they can come to our website. Our URL is macwebsolutions.com dot com slash connect. and mm-hmm. that page has a link to our email marketing sign up. our you can get to our blog from there. I think the community building guide is on there. so certainly uh, we're happy to connect that way.
1: Sure, so I'll put that in the show notes as well. So that's Mac as an m a c k websolutions dot com.
0: That's correct.
1: Well, it was absolutely wonderful having you on the show, Mackenzie, and thank you so much for your time.
0: Oh, thank you so much, Ash. I really appreciate you asking me.
1: You're most welcome. What an awesome podcast. That podcast episode is absolutely packed with value. I strongly recommend you go ahead and download the various resources that have been discussed in the podcast, particularly the 147-page community building guide that Mackenzie mentioned. There's some great action items there. The biggest takeaways for me were... To get clear on your purpose and your mission and then build your business around that, check out the video from Simon Sinek called Start With Why. I'll link to that in the show notes as well. Definitely worth doing. Check out the balance scorecard and see how you can apply it to your business. It'll give you some more perspectives on how to approach your business, perspectives besides just the profit motive, and think deeply about how you can engage better with your current audience and grow your business organically, grow your market share organically through that audience. Absolutely still continue looking to grow your market share through advertising and other means, but the best growth strategy, in my opinion, is word of mouth in most cases. It's a retention strategy that works on nurturing your existing and past customers and getting them to refer you to other new customers. Now, some related podcasts that I think you would find very useful that you should check out if you enjoyed this episode are... Episode number one with Neil Patel, where we talk a lot about branding and some important business concepts. Episode two with James Schramko, where we talk about recurring income. The episode with Dan Morris, that's number 11 on startups, where he explains how to start your own startup. That will be quite useful if you're at the beginning of your business. Episode number 18 with Buck Rizvi on how he built an eight-figure business using great quality systems and building a very strong culture within his organization. Episode number 22 with Ed O'Keefe, where we talk about how he built a $50 million business. Episode number 48 with John Logar, where we talk about some high-value consulting strategies to increase profitability in your business. There's a lot of talk about customer retention and customer engagement in that podcast episode. And episode number 50, which talks about frameworks for business profitability and building a great lifestyle with James Schramko. I look forward to speaking to you soon. Bye for now.
0: Thanks for listening to the Productive Insights Podcast. You can find all the links in the show notes below this episode on ProductiveInsights.com. You can also ask questions in the comment section that Ash personally answers. How can Ash help you today?